Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Christina Eanes, the 2021 Director of Virtual Programs for the Metro DC chapter of ATD. And I'm Leticia Niago, Vice President of Learning. And I'm Stephanie Hupka, the Vice President of Finance. We also have Helena Hodges, Director of Technology and Operations, as our producer. For this episode, we are going to interview Chief Creative Officer at eLearningLaunch.com and former president of the Central Florida chapter of ATD, Alexander Salas. Welcome, Alex. All right. Thank you so much. This is an awesome opportunity. I love this uh, podcast and uh, to chat with you ladies, Helena, Christina, Leticia, and Stephanie. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. We're going to have some fun. But before we jump into this fun on uh, learning about technology application, specifically e-learning, which I'm excited to learn more about, please share a little bit about yourself with our listeners. Sure. So my name is Alex Alas, as you guys know, and um, I've been uh, doing instructional design and learning development for the last 14 years. I'm a U.S. Navy veteran, and that's where I kind of developed the passion for developing others and helping others do their job better. And then, you know, I went for graduate degrees, certifications, all that fun stuff. And today I'm a consultant under my principal banner, which is Style Learn. And then I am the chief of awesomeness as well. I got promoted. Chief of awesomeness at eLearn Launch. (laughs) I love it. Well, and first of all, thank you for your service. Thank you. No, thank you. I appreciate it. So to get us started on this, for those listeners that don't know what exactly e-learning entails, can you define it for us? Sure. So the one thing to know about e-learning is that e-learning is a learning delivery methodology, right? So it's one of the ways that we can communicate with learners. So it's one of the ways that we can provide our services for learners. So e-learning is technically an electronic format. It's not really, let's say, limited to one application or what type of software. It's really anything that is digital that we can enable to reach out to our audience and to help others do their job well. So for, for a lot of people, in a popular case, Names like Articulate Storyline, Adobe Captivate, those are rapid authoring tools. But technically speaking, video can be also a medium of e-learning. So that's, uh, in a nutshell, what e-learning is. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I've dabbled in the the video part. I would like to get better at the other stuff. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, So speaking of that, where would a talent development professional who has no experience with authoring tools start? Well, it depends on who that learning professional is, how much money that person will have. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) yeah, technically speaking, this is a a fantastic world to live that we live in today. I mean, you can learn pretty much anything from YouTube. 
and uh, a free trial of, of the software. So oh. although, you know, as you know, I, I run a business that is called the Learning Launch and it is the academy where you're going to learn all this type of skills and applications. Um, I tell people, it's like, look, you don't have to come here. You can actually, if you have the, enough discipline, you can go and find some great tutorials, get a free trial of the, of the account of the software and start hacking at it. Because the only way really to learn how to do e-learning is by actually making e-learning. Yeah. Jumping into it. So let's say someone decides they want to do some sort of e-learning course and they're not quite where, not quite sure where to start. Maybe they're a little fearful and you know, they don't want to invest a lot of money. Is there any particular tool or resource that you, in addition to YouTube, of course, that you would recommend someone start out in? Sure. So, you know, as you know, uh, ATD offers courses. The, um, there are other places that offer course. And also we have in Learn Launch, right? So the difference of what we do in, in my academy is that we don't provide people with quizzes. We actually make people create work samples. So through the creation of work samples, we don't actually teach software. We teach people how to make something with the software. And so by the repetitive action of using the interface and creating something, that motivation alone and, and that repetition reinforces uh, the learning behavior. And so one one activity that can be done is that go through learning launch and uh, come over and we'll, we'll teach you the skills to build something, build your portfolio, which is a critical thing to have if you're going to be doing a learning period. But outside of that, I mean, you have tools perhaps you, that you don't realize that could be a conduit for that. For example, PowerPoint could be a tool that you can practice about 85% of what e-learning is. Oh, you know? wow. And, and, and a lot of people don't realize that because, you know, it's like anything else, right? You can just open an application and start typing away. But um, we have shown people examples of designs with PowerPoint. And sometimes people go, what? That was done with PowerPoint? <laughs> no way. I was like, yeah, it, it was. Oh, wow. So I say videos, PowerPoint. Um, so I, of course, we know with recent times, most people moving, well, pretty much everyone moving to remote learning. I'm sure a lot of people are scrambling to get more of their stuff into an e-learning type format. Yes, correct. Yeah. So what, what have you noticed about the trends and all of that good stuff? Any, any particular area people are focusing on? Oh, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, be, before that, we have to understand the industry, right? So for the longest time, the I think if you ever track all the ATD industry reports, always uh, 70% of whatever is delivered it was face-to-face. -face. And then when the pandemic happened, um, obviously, there's a shift. So I'm very interested to see what the industry report is this year, you know, because it should reflect uh, a shift to virtual ILT, right? Virtual instructor-led training, yeah. which is the whole synchronous and, you know, one word that everybody, it, it pretty much became kind of like, like Coca-Cola, right? It's like Zoom. <laughs> hey, <laughs> jump on the Zoom, man. Let's Zoom it, right? Oh, like, no. What? what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to be on the Zoom. Oh, okay, great. So, yeah, so now Zoom became the verb of doing virtual instructor-led training. <laughs> yeah. So that has been pretty much the 
the you know the one method right that became now more prevalent because before that you know people were probably looking at vlt like yeah yeah if you have to oh people live like far away hmm okay we'll do it but uh, of course e-learning itself rapid authoring and learning served through a learning management system that also you know gained popularity and um and i'm i I've actually had to decline work um, the first, last year, you know? Wow. Yeah. Let's, okay, so that's starting out. Let's look at, so I, this would be like where I'm at. So uh, with e-learning, I can do the videos, can upload them to something like, I don't know, Teachable. What would be like the next steps you would recommend for someone in my position? So you're used, you're, you've, you're dabbled in e-learning, you're doing kind of the basic stuff and you're ready to take it to the next level. Oh, sure. So I think we have to break it down in terms of what is the contextual relevance. And for that, we mean that in the industry itself, let's say if you are going to work as a learning professional, the organization is going to have a platform known as the learning management system. In that platform, it's a central location where we're going to store all kinds of stuff, right? Anything in all modalities of, of learning that is delivered or training that is delivered. So face-to-face learning, virtual instructor-led training, um, e-learning, video, right? E-learning mm-hmm. outreach tools, video, all that stuff. So as, a, as an e-learning developer, you're going to be using these tools like store like articular store like adobe captive those are the most popular tools and what happens is those applications in terms of the interface they tend to mirror or look very similar to powerpoint the difference is those applications can add quizzes to whatever content you're creating and also then publish the 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 output the output of your design is published in a specific protocol, right? That uh, communicates with the LMS tools so you can actually track the outcome of a learner taking that course. So, for example, if compliance, which is everybody knows, I'm saying the C word here, watch out, <laughs> right? So, compliance, uh, everybody has to do compliance training, every company in the world has to do it. So, You'll have a learning designer develop a learning course, publish it out in an output. Usually that output is known, it's a technical term known as SCORM, right? Shareable mm-hmm. content object relational model or reference model. So that communicates with the LMS. So you will publish that in the SCORM version, upload it to the LMS, and then your people can take the course. After that, that's essentially what happens with rapid, rapid authoring tools. That's what they call okay. it, right? But yeah. you can do this now, you know, in today's world, <clears throat> you can do web analytics and um, and some of the tools they use, some of the new, let's say, trending tracking protocols that use web analytics is something called the Experience API or Application Program Interface. But uh, we're transitioning there. I think the, the military and the government are already there because they're usually the ones that start things. And then the private industry kind of catches up. Oh, okay. Wow. I thought it would be like opposite of that. <laughs> mm, yeah. 
Being former Govy myself, no, <laughs> just kidding. Oh, I know. Yeah, well, I, I, I completely agree with you because I work for the government as well. I work for CDC yeah. before and other other agencies. And yeah, there's a bunch of red tape. And um, usually the the training that you see on the operational level is, is abhorrent, right? It's like, it's like yeah. it, the clown made it. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, interesting enough, a- anything that we use to communicate with an LMS was created for the military. Oh, for, cool. Yeah, for the defense type of agencies in the government. So SCORM was created back in, you know, 2004 or whatever. Some of you probably were two years old. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so, yeah, so that's when, um, maybe you should track it, right? Because maybe your birthday lands on and you're like, oh my God, SCORM came out. And was, yeah. But uh, yeah, so it was done from the military. And then now the, the experience API is the same thing. And, you know, your, your thoughts on sort of where e-learning comes from reminded me of a conversation that I had early into the pandemic where I was working with an organization who really didn't want to bring in e-learning because they really preferred the in-person types of deliveries they were used to. When I asked them about that, the response I got was e-learning is so boring. And although that conversation certainly played out and and we had a, a nice talk about what that meant, I'm curious for you in your experience, both in terms of designing and developing and in terms of what you've, you've seen, what are the characteristics of good e-learning? That's a great question. The thing is, um, well, e-learning can be fun. E-learning can be engaging. E-learning can be a very remarkable experience. But it's all about, you know, it's all about in any media, any medium, you have you have levels, right? Like like the kids say today, you know, there's levels to this, right? So. Um, you have levels. So it's the same thing. You go watch a movie and this happens a lot today, right? You go on Netflix, you pop, you start looking, you see some kind of movie, you see like the description, it looks good. You click on it and it's garbage, right? Yep. Now you have to think this, that there were millions of dollars spent making that movie and that there were actors and people with careers that made that movie, but somehow you looked at it and you go, that's garbage, right? So, <laughs> so in the same instance, with with the situation of e-learning development and i mean i i always hear that that i always hear that statement about the face-to-face stuff and people always cling to the human side of things right like, oh no yeah because you know you're able to communicate and stuff like that and that's the same situation you can have a face-to-face engagement which is also horrible because all you have is the instructor spewing out information and disregarding the value of being an adult learner. So the key, if you ask me, what is the good, what is good at learning? Good at learning or good face-to-face or good ILT is anything that respects the autonomy of the adult learner. And unfortunately we you know, it's, you can count in, in maybe in two hands and a couple of toes. How many people do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry so, to be so somber here. 
No, no. I, I'm so glad you use that word. I think it's a word that really will resonate with a lot of our friends out there who are listening today. We want to be respected as people. We also want to be respected as learners. And it's so important for us to remember that that goes both ways. When we're designing and developing, respect plays a big part of it. I think that is a fantastic insight. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, yeah. uh, the first one is free, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah so here's the thing right the, the it's it's like anything else um one of the key components of of adult learning and this is nothing new i mean i usually on linkedin you'll see me post stuff and i usually say one of my favorite ones is uh edward uh, lindeman and the, he was in the same era with dewey and Thorndike. And these guys are hanging out, you know, OGs, right? They're like from 1911 or 1920 something and stuff like that. And they were professing those sent that sentiment of respecting the adult learner, meaning that mm-hmm. as you go through life, you have experiences, you know stuff, right? You know things, you have responsibilities, you pay bills, you have family. All those things are collaborative. You know, it's a collection of knowledge and a mental model, right? A mental map. We all have this little mental map in our heads of collection of experiences in life and learning. So some of us, you know, a little more than others. And it's kind of like sometimes people make comparisons like, you know, the brain is a computer. And I like to joke around and say, yeah, the brain is a computer. And some of us are running with Commodore 64s. But, I love that. That was my first computer. Come on now. No. Same here. <laughs> so, so anyway, so the thing is, you know, it's, um, that's so important though. It's so very important because it, as soon as you feel that you're not being valued and your experience is not being valued, you disconnect. You yeah. Disconnect. So how do we, how do we, so now maybe we're talking to those seasoned e-learners now, uh, e-learning designers, e-learners, <laughs> e-learning designers, yeah. how can they step it up? You're going into a deep end of the pool that nobody is going to take you. Out. <laughs> <laughs> so someone who's normally using Articulate or Storyline or Captivate, all of that, yeah. um, how can they step up? What, what What tips do you have for going to the next level for them to make sure that they're creating engaging e-learning. Well, we have to make some distinctions. Uh, so, you know, as you mentioned, things like, you know, e-learning designer, that's not really a thing. Um, they will be people that are e-learning developers and there's people that are instructional designers. Now, okay. I'm not saying that you're wrong because we can agree, you and I, to say, well, an e-learning designer is an instructional designer that focuses on e-learning, right? Ah, and, so we're and, talking about those people that do things with e-learning. How's that? Right, 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 right. There you go. Those people, them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like they said to do e-learning. Who? Those people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. The, so let's say instructional design is really the base of this. It's sound instructional design that's going to, you know, ensure that you are protecting the rights of the other learner and you're not just doing silly things that, you know, we will expect from a school environment. Yeah. So one one of the key the key things is in your practice, and this is for all learning professionals out there. Take a step back, look at your practice, and just start noticing the things that look like 
high school. They look like, you know, kids are, you're treating people like kids, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're locking navigation because no one's going to watch the thing, or if you are making people complete things without any purpose or communication as to why is important, those are the things that will affect the the efficacy of your or your learning. I mean, a lot of people say, "Oh, it has to be fun." Okay, great, but the thing is, you know, I don't know how many people go to work to have fun, right? Yeah, it would be nice. I'm not saying that it's not nice. Yeah. You can have fun at work. But when you go to work, you know you go to work. And a lot of people, when they go to work, they'd rather not be at work. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you go to work because you go to work. I mean, it doesn't mean that you're not happy about your job, but but necessarily you don't go to work to take courses or to learn stuff all the time. You go to work to perform a job, to perform tasks. So that's the context and the relevance you have to have. So yeah, you can make fun and you can have fun. But you can't depart from those basic principles, which are respecting the adult learner, having context relevance, and, you know, taking care of communicating exactly what people need to achieve uh, yeah. with what you're providing. So we're starting with good instructional design. And good then instructional design for sure. we choose the right tool to represent that to the folks. Exactly. So yeah, because instructional design, good instructional design is going to make the determination of what is the best delivery methodology. I like that. Yeah. Ooh, there we go. There hey. we have our, our episode title right there. That's the second <laughs> one. And okay, that one's free too. Fine. There we go. <laughs> so speaking of tools, um, what tools should every... Well, shall we call them e-learning professionals have in their toolbox in 2021? Are there some coming out that you're like, hey, this is what we need to do or, you know, good old standbys? What do we need to have in our toolbox? I'm telling you that the, one of the greatest, the awesomest things we're doing with in e-learning launch is augmented reality. I got, I got my girl, uh, Betty Danowitz, uh, my sister in L&D, as I call her. She is the queen of AR and uh, she's killing it. Uh, she's doing this live cohorts where we get people online and they create things with augmented reality. Have you guys heard of uh, augmented reality? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So the ability to overlay uh, three-dimensional digital objects in the real world uh, through a phone, through a phone screen, that's, that's the closest thing you can do to what is called performance support, which is actually helping people do their jobs right there where they do the jobs. Yeah. Or pick furniture on Amazon. That too. Or <laughs> make bitmojis or yeah. Oh cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh cool. So that would be the next step to look into that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot of the, the good things about this is that mobile technology is actually bringing us all the stuff that will be the great applications for the future of what we do in, in training and development. Alex, at the end of every episode, we like to ask our guests five rapid-fire-style questions. Each question requires less than 60 seconds to respond. Are you ready? Ooh, all right. <laughs> Go on yes, 60 good. seconds. Here we go. All right. Give us one book that all TD professionals must read and why. All right. That is Analyzing Performance Problems, or You Really Ought to Wanna, from Robert Magger and Peter Pipe. If you do not know how to do, how to analyze 
needs, business needs, uh, and performance problems, you're really not going to be able to do and solve problems in business through your learning practices. Nice. Give us one tool that you recently learned about and immediately started using. Absolutely. The tool is called SAPR, and that is a augmented reality tool. Look it up, sapr.com. That's actually what we teach at Inlearn and Launch. Can you spell that for us? That is Z-A-P-P-A-R. Wow, I'm glad I asked. Thank you. Interesting. What's the best TD-related advice you've ever been given? Conduct a, a needs analysis first. I thought you might say that. Great. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> what is one thing that you're excited about that's coming up in 2021? Yes. So probably one of the most exciting pieces is related also with augmented reality being available on browsers natively. And then there is a next level technology called mixed reality. And that is really exciting because that create lets those digital content and assets interact with your physical environment. So that's going to be like really, really engaging stuff. Cool. So interesting. So tell us, what is one thing within the ATD community that you're deeply grateful for right now? It's got to be this podcast because you, you guys rock. Oh, that was going to happen. There you go. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> but yeah. we appreciate it. <laughs> yes. my, I don't want to hurt people's ears. So. <laughs> oh, well, Alex, thank you for taking the time to share your wisdom with us today and be one of the first guests on our podcast. Absolutely. I love the feeling of being a pioneer in the podcast. And uh, I definitely look forward to see what else you ladies come up with. Oh, thank you. And a thank you to my co-host as well. Yeah, thanks. This was great. And Alex, I loved um, all the things that you discussed with us. It's, your approach is very candid, and I think that's going to be great for our listeners. Thank you. Yeah, fantastic conversation. We so appreciate it. Love the insights. You've given me a lot to consider. So really, really grateful for that. That is great. Well, thank you so much uh, for this opportunity. You can find me at, at StyleLearn on Twitter and obviously anywhere else, uh, uh and on LinkedIn as well. So if you want to connect, send me a connect request, but don't be weird. Say that you want to connect because you heard it here. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, and of course, we would be remiss if we did not send thanks out to our community for listening. Before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Volunteering with Metro DCATD will change your life. Are you ready to join our team? Go to dcatd.org forward slash volunteering and complete volunteer interest form. Would you like to be even more involved in our wonderful community? Go to dcatd.org and click on volunteer to get started.